Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I'm your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here again, as always, with my co-host and wife, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? I'm so great. How are you? You know what? All in all, I'd say good. It's a very good. Oh, okay. Well, you know, <laughs> look, it's, uh, it's been a long week for us. No, yeah. Not much sleep. Last night was a three-hour yeah. sleep for me. Um, and uh, yeah, so excited about tonight. Um, as always, on the podcast, we talk about how putting the kids to bed was for the evening. I got a good feeling about tonight. Oh. Two in a row for us. Mm-hmm. How was tonight? It was, I mean, I think tonight was as close to a 10 as we've been. I mean, it was pretty excellent. Everyone was in a good mood. We're calm. There was only one moment of Bo throwing a block in Quinn's face, him crying. <laughs> Other than that, it was really smooth. Such a good sign for us. Only one toy tossed into the 10 month old's yeah. face otherwise people are like listening and everyone had their bath nicely and we read stories together and it was solid and Bo went to sleep as i was singing songs and quinn went to sleep as i was singing songs it was solid like this is the storybook bedtime that you dream of when you just have a baby in your belly. Yeah, it's two in a row for us. So, I mean, we're, we're taping on uh, uh, two podcasts in a row where the nights have been good. We're, we're not taping on nights when the nights are terrible. Maybe that's part of the reason. Maybe we're like, do we want to do a podcast tonight? And we're like, no, too tired. Exactly. So far, tonight has been good. Uh, the youngest has already woken up one time. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, uh, I don't even actually know if we've said this, but we toyed with the idea of calling it After 7 Podcast because that's when we would tape the podcast. We would put the kids to bed. Uh, and we'd open a bottle of wine after seven o'clock after we got the kids to bed and we'd talk about our day and, um, we like the long finish. We think it makes more sense for more points of our life, but seven o'clock is still good. Like seven o'clock is still good for us. Seven to 10 for us is fun. It's adult time. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about the wine tonight. What do you, what do you have for us tonight? Um, I'm excited about this wine also. This is a wine from Austria. It's an orange wine. Hmm. We'll get to that in a second. But the producer is Wenzel or Michael Wenzel. And the name of the wine is Lockvogel Wild and Free 2018 from Bergenland in Austria. Um... It's beautiful, isn't it? It's beautiful. It is delicious. It's kind of fitting the, we'll talk about this a little more. It's kind of fitting the palette that I'm into right now. It's like a little, I don't want to say funky, but like it's just got a little bit of, uh, it really feels like an individualistic wine with some edge. It's so alive. It just is like fresh and tingly fruit, but other stuff, it just feels not muted by too much winemaking. And you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you consider yourself to be a, a, a fan of wines that are that steer most closer to the classic method of wine I love, making. I love classic wines, and I love classic traditional winemaking. There are many wines in that world that happen to be natural wines, 
as well. This I would not put in the classic wine category, but it is really clean natural wine. And actually the name of this wine, Lochvogel, means decoy. And um, the winemaker called it that because this is like an entry into orange wines, which I think is really fun. I'm excited to talk about orange wines because, you know, as obviously you know, it's it's, to me, it overtook the idea of rosé for this past summer. Like, for the past few years, over the summertime, it was like, let's grab rosés, let's grab rosés. It's still popular, but for the first time, I felt like something was knocking at the door of rosés, and it was orange wine. It's true. The curiosity is just there. I mean, it's been a thing, well, for a long, long time, and certainly in New York, and then San Francisco, and then L.A., but it starts on the east side of L.A. and then it moves to the west side of L.A. Starts in Venice, then it comes up to Santa Monica. So now people are always asking about orange wines. And we have a great little section. How many wines or orange wines would you say that Esther is carrying at the moment? Um, I don't, I mean, like, it always varies, but at least like six that's, to that's eight. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot more than I thought, honestly. And orange wines, it, it's a big category because... Some wines, orange wines are just white wines that have skin contact. So the juice sits with the skins um, and macerates. It's kind of like a white wine is treated like a red wine. So when you say macerates, macerate, I mean just like that the juice is sitting and soaking with the skins. That could be for three days, that could be for 14 days, it could be for 30 days. So all that color and tannin from the skins is getting into the wine. That gives it the orange color. Now, we have a lot of skin contact wines, which is the same thing, that don't happen to be orange because those white wine grapes just don't have a lot of color in their skins. There's, it's still what's the same. A, what's an example of a wine that produces less color? A grape variety? Correct. That, like Nociola, I mean... Obviously, people out there. I, don't, <laughs> I mean, dip into your psalm brain a little to, bit. To be honest... It's hard I to say. It's I, not, can't it's like, yeah. I can't really answer that yeah, question. I mean, maybe... Put you on the spot there. You did. Sorry maybe some people know their grape varieties and exactly what they look like on the vine. And I know the some of them, but I couldn't exactly say. Hey, if you're listening at home <laughs> and you're a fan of wine, why don't you write us... Uh, uh, shoot us a little tweet or, or DM us on Instagram or send us an email and tell us a wine that you drink um, where the varietal uh, has skin contact but produces less color. It's not quite orange wine. Yeah. Educate us, Let's share please. some wines. Let's share some <laughs> wines on social media. That'd be awesome. Let us know what you're drinking. We'll let you know what we're drinking. And let's just start a little conversation. That'd be super fun. No, I want to come back to the wine in a second, but I would like to talk to about a couple of things. If you're comfortable about esters, I'm comfortable. Are you? Um, <laughs> and I just, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, but I'm excited about this conversation. You have really taken this idea of being an owner of a wine bar um, even more seriously than I that I've known you to do over the past few few years. This summer, you've uh, put some together some really exciting new plans for Esther's. But what I want to talk about is these classes that you're taking, these leadership programs 
which I think are pretty cool. Do you want to talk about that for a second? Sure. Um, so back in April, my friend, J.D. Nassau, invited me to a leadership workshop that he was putting on because he has a new company that he just started himself called Open Up Hospitality. And he's worked as a GM, floor manager, bartender, everything in the restaurant business. Um, and before he moved back to L.A., he was working at 11 Madison Park and... Um, and the nomad. So we got inspiration there. And I went to one and I went to this workshop and it was really inspiring. It just made me think about leadership in a different way. Not being a boss, but like what is a leader? And um I'm leaning into that. You, you, you really know? have been. It's it's exciting for me to watch honestly because you know, you you're a person who um has ideas and beliefs and great instincts like you know what you like and one of the things i've watched you uh develop over time is your ability to uh be a boss and you know you're still nice to people but what i see you happening this summer is like these you you have ideas and you want to execute on these ideas and you're pretty adamant about um oh, oh, inviting people to be a part of that story but it's been a nice growth and i'm wondering if it's part of this class or you know what that process has been like for you i think part of it is like one filling up my own cup seeing that I'm going to gain inspiration from other places like workshops or classes or uh, books I read or whatever, filling up my own cup with ideas and inspiration and then collaborating and being super open to ideas and inspiration that our team has because I do not want to do anything I do alone. I absolutely live for collaboration. My favorite thing I was circling on my planner today per um, a suggestion of this leadership class that I went to, circling on my planner in green the things I look forward to and really want to do and then circling in red the things like I'm not super excited about. I love how color about. coordinated. Well, you know I you love are. colored of pencils. Of course. <laughs> I had to go buy a new set. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Now, I will say the one thing that I know that you wanted to do alone was yesterday when we had a perfect idyllic uh, night tonight. But yesterday, you were you were at your wits and um, and all you said was like, take these kids away from me. Was, I need to be alone. It was a hard one. Single tear. Oh. Single dramatic tear down the cheek. Well, the baby just cried so much, yeah. and he's not. He was not feeling well. And sometimes when that happens, you're just your mind goes blank, and you're just like surviving because you just want him to stop crying. Yeah, it's just so hard. Yeah, he's not, they're not well right now. They have a little cold, little sniffle. That being said, tonight was maybe we're on the road to recovery. I hope so we're on the way out. Know. But you know, and that's and that's part of the thing that I wanted to mention about this idea, this this kind of summer of of exploring the boss in you, which is you're still a mom. Like I still see you, you know, you and I have conversations about how we're going to, uh, who's going to take Tuesday, you know, or, or, you know, we have our, um, I, I've said this, I, I don't know if I've said this or not, but, um, we have a n nanny slash Manny slash domestic engineer Brando, who's so helpful to our family. And we asked him what, what he wanted to be called. And he said he wanted to be called, jokingly a domestic engineer and he's very helpful but we have we we can't have him all the time so you and i have to figure out days um where we're gonna watch the kids yeah it's you know? a constant juggle all of it 
You know, there's never a point where you feel like, oh, yeah, now I've got it. No, every single day is like, okay, well, what about this five minutes? All right. Are you going to be there at five or me? And okay, well, what's your dinner plan? You know, because we both do have that flexibility, which is constant. So it's been it's what's interesting to me is that you're juggling raising these two kids, three year old and now 10 month old and um, really leaning into this idea of just owning your space in, at Esther's. And that's fun for me to watch. Yeah, I think it, it's also when I started thinking about it, um, what helped me is thinking about Esther's as my first baby. And when I think about my kid and what I want for my children, I don't, I don't want Bo to grow up and be exactly what I picture in my mind. I want Bo to grow you up. You don't? <laughs> Has anyone ever said that before? That you don't you have an image of your child it's probably a perfect child grown up and you don't want him to be that? That's interesting. I'm not sure if I Is our son the varsity quarterback? <laughs> Is he a point guard on the basketball team? Do you see that? No. What do you a, see? He's a French horn player. He's a French horn player. Amazing. That, but that's my point is that I would never try to fit him in a box. Whatever his talent is, I give him the classes and the space and the time and the encouragement. And he does whatever he's excited about. And that's what I want for Esther's. Like, I want to let it be what it wants to be. And when I stop putting that pressure on me to like, figure it out and do something and be the boss and focused it on Esther's that was much easier for me so the mom stuff really helps <laughs> yeah and I just wanted to say you know I'm using this podcast as an opportunity to say you know what I see what you're doing and I'm proud of you um and there'll be no Thanks. tears there'll be no single tear here um Thanks, but let's go back to this wine so we've had, we've been open for about uh, twenty five minutes now. This wine. Well, one one thing we didn't talk about before is that this is the grape variety, yeah. and this is a hundred percent Gelber Muscateller. What is that? You yeah, say? Yeah, I do. Muscateller uh, is another word for muscat. Mm-hmm. Think of Moscato de Asti, one of the most famous ones. Moscato, something that you have after dinner or maybe at brunch, that slightly sweet, fizzy wine. This is the same grape variety. So when you put your nose in there, it's like crazy aromatic. It's super floral. Wildflowers and pineapple and apricot. and Definitely an apricot, yeah. When I first tasted this wine... Um, my mind, I thought it was like Arnold Palmer, which I don't get today <laughs> at all. Oh. Um, but maybe that's because um, Arnold Palmer is my favorite drink, and I was sort of in in love with this when I first smelled it. But but the palate, it doesn't have heavy tannins. It's not like super funky or wild. It's just like crispy, fresh, tart fruit, bright, little chalky apricot. Yummy. I think that's the crispy freshness of it that really, because I don't usually lean towards aromatic on the nose wines. It's not really what I go for. It's true. I was actually wondering if I picked something you would like. Yeah, but um, I think because it it's it has like a nice little structure, crispy, um, that that I, I 
It doesn't feel round as sometimes I get with uh, aromatic wines. It's Definitely nice. not. I'm I'm glad you like it. I I like it too. I feel like, I mean, we're having this now in the evening, but this feels like sort of a 4 p.m. like an afternoon, like Saturday in the park kind of wine. As far as food pairings, what would you see yourself either at 4 p.m. or for dinner, or do you even not even need food for this? Maybe this is maybe this is a gluggable wine that you have with friends and a baguette and some you know purple haze cheese you know it wouldn't be bad with baguette and purple haze cheese i was thinking that um but i was also thinking of that other cheese that we have at esters that alp blossom oh yeah alpine cheese with flowers in the rind that would be amazing with this or kind of or another kind of alpine cheese i think would be really good something firm and a little nutty and grassy would be delicious. That's what I'd do. Just have this with like some cheese and baguette on the patio outside. Could be great with like a salad though or grilled veggies because it's kind of just wild and herbaceous. And now we'll be heading into fall. And you still like feel like this is a wine that's applicable. I mean, it is fall. It's Here true. Here we are. I mean, we're yeah, we're we're heading. You know into what? This California. could be also really good with. Um, when I think about food and wine pairing, sometimes you do matchy and sometimes you do opposite. Yeah, a little contrast. Contrast. So this is so bright and fresh and light. I would do it with like something kind of dense and earthy, maybe even like a bean stew or something. Mm-hmm. It could be really cool. Or like a r- mushroom risotto with this. Yeah. It could be really fun. Now, if you're going to a local wine purveyor and you're out there and... Maybe you're not living in California. Um, how would you how would you help people describe a wine similar to this? I mean, I think that trying an orange wine is a great inquiry, or skin contact wine, and just see what they have. There's a whole range. If you're asking for Muscat or Moscato, you're going to get a very very different wine. That's from true. This. Yeah, that's a good so point. So don't go grape variety. Go style of wine. And this doesn't necessarily make me think of Austrian white wine. I would at agree all. with that. Yeah, I agree. Um, doesn't make me think of Gruner Veltliner um, or other Austrian white wine. It's in its own little category, in that orange wine category, though. So, uh, yeah, so I go up to the wine store. I look in and I say, Excuse me, do you have any orange wines? Why, yes, we do. <laughs> oh, we're doing that. Okay. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you brought an orange wine tonight. I'm I'm excited to um, continue to drink this bottle before I pass out. Not from drinking too much, just from extreme exhaustion. Oh, thank what? you for getting up at 4.30 Oh, today. yeah. I was up at 4.30, gang. Um, but it's all worth it, right? Because we all love our kids, right? We love them? Question mark? Um, no, I'm just kidding. I know, but uh, you know, so I, uh, I'm excited to have this conversation about orange wine because I know how popular it's becoming, and hopefully, if you're out there, you'll get uh, go to your local wine purveyor and ask for a bottle of orange wine and give it a shot, and then hit us up on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Let us know what you think. Um, so now, want to go to uh, what's been inspiring you this week? You got anything on on the brain that I might do. be in light of what we were talking about before in terms of being a boss and a CEO owner, I am reading Delivering Happiness by Tony Shea of Zappos. 
Um, and he's super inspiring. Talk about somebody who's just following passion and ideas and people and change and growth and just excited about life and not following money or business sense in a way. It's fun and he's super inspiring and now I'm like looking on YouTube at all this stuff I feel like I'm a little late to the party but um I am where I am so he's amazing well I know that's a book that you've been you've been really raving about it's pretty fun to see you watch read, to read because you're such a fiction I know reader and now I'm reading a book on leadership like you've got to know it's really getting to my head it really is I mean <laughs> here we are with the uh Catherine's book club and you're putting out a, f- a, a, a nonfiction book, know, a I self-help book, if you will. I can't believe it. Is it a self-help book or is it like a memoir? What, what, is, what is the uh, book exactly? It's a mix. Yeah. Some of it is like about him and where it, what is his journey and how he came to Zappos. And then some of it is about how uh, what they did at Zappos to go from struggling company to selling to Amazon 10 years later. Um, so what happened and how they changed it and turned it around. That's where I am right now anyway. It's pretty great. Is he a wine drinker? I think so. He's just a general enjoyer of life. Of course. Um, and it sounds like he loves partying and people. And so I would think so. But he really, really loves Red Bull. <laughs> There's a whole like ode to Red Bull. I love it. Uh, it's such a misdirect for a wine uh, podcast to be Red Bull. <laughs> um, it was it takes me by surprise in the book too. Oh, whole chapter devoted to Red Bull. Well, not a and, chapter, and, but it's basically like a little uh, essay wings. about how I love you, Red Bull. I'm a, you know, <laughs> Las Vegas is um, it's divisive. People are into it. People hate it. I am a lover of Las Vegas. You. You're probably sort of the one person that's in the middle. Like you don't hate it, and you you do like it. You don't you don't like it for the reasons I like it, which is to play cards and sports, you know, gambling and things like that. But, I, you know, I have taken a tour off the beaten path of Las Vegas, and it's cool to see what he's done for Las Vegas uh, and Zappos in general. And I'm hoping, you know, for those of you who don't know, Catherine and I got engaged in Las Vegas, and she was recounting a story to me tonight how um, I was watching a football game. You tell the story. We were in our hotel room at the Bellagio. We're getting ready to go to dinner. He's been watching the basketball game. He turns it off. He says, there's something behind that curtain. I go, look, there's a bottle of champagne. A champagne he's been saving for almost eight years. What was that? What was that champagne? 96 Dom Perignon. Yeah. On ice. And what, and what the funny thing about that is, is that I've had this bottle of wine for a long time. I took it from New York to L.A. with we us. We moved with that wine. We moved with that bottle of it wine. It sat on top of all our luggage in the Toyota 4Runner as we drove across country. Probably got spoiled by the sun just sitting there, that bottle. Can't say it was stored in the best possible no. way, but it still tasted delicious on that particular night. That was perfect. But I will say... The fun thing about that bottle is that, you know, as you started to sniff out the time with which you thought we should be engaged and we would go on a trip, you would say, do you want to take that champagne with us? I mean, every time I'd like look in the cupboard, I'd be like, um, are you bringing that? Are you bringing that? And when the that? champagne didn't come, you knew. You, you got like, a little disappointed. Oh, well. 
Gonna be bummed all weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least it was better. I knew from the beginning, ah, oh, it's not happening. All right, I'll just enjoy myself. So when we left for Las Vegas, you did a little snooping around. I'm sure I did. And you knew. Well, I don't know. I don't remember if I... Did you know when that weekend was... Because you probably... I don't know if you guessed I like thought it was every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> You couldn't have surprised me at that point. I literally was ready for you to do it in the kitchen after I had my coffee. Like, <gasps> is he down yeah. on one knee? Yeah. Like every corner. <gasps> not surprised at all. So sort of surprised, but also not surprised. Anyway, the champagne was back there. I, I turned. Sc- I was good enough to turn the TV off. You did turn off the TV. I screamed. You got down on one knee. You asked me to marry you. I didn't answer. I was just excited. And I said, oh, yeah, of course, of course. And cried and hugged you. And you stood up. And we were just there for a minute. And then, um, we're okay, we'll go to dinner in 10 minutes. Oh, I'm going to catch the end of this game. <laughs> Turns the TV on. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll go put on mascara or I something. probably had some sort of parlay on the game. I don't know. Um but uh, that was fun. We'll have to go back someday to see your boy Tony. Is that his name? The Zappos guy? Yes. Yeah, that's what Tony Shea. We're going to see Tony Shea. We're going to celebrate him. I would love to enjoy meet him. Las Vegas. Yeah, um, let's, let's put it on the bucket list. Tony, if you're listening to this podcast, get in touch with us. Yeah, tell us what wine you're drinking. You tell Tony. us what wine you're drinking, Tony, and, and if you're mixing it with Red Bull. Um, <laughs> my, you know, it, just to piggyback on the idea of engagement and marriage, my parents. Are going uh, or, or, or uh, my dad retired a few years ago, and um, he's been on the go ever since. World traveling, they did a trip around the world. Just really, really happy for him. He worked so super hard. Um, they they recently did a visit to Portugal for ten days, and it just made me think. You know what? They, these guys are doing it right, and I'm hoping that um, you know you and I talked about next year. Do we have any plans? We haven't been to Europe in a few years. It'd be great to get back over there, taste some wine, see some friends. And just celebrate, uh, you know, a big year for us. So that my parents are very inspiring to me in the sense that um, they just go and get it. But um, and I don't, you know what? I hope he brings us back some nice wine from Portugal. Let's put that on the list someday. A little nice wine from Portugal on the Long Finish Podcast. Absolutely. Well, that does it for the Long Finish Podcast. Thanks to everybody for tuning in for this episode. Hope you have fun. Hope you go out and buy some orange wine. If you happen to be in Santa Monica, check out Esther's Bar and Wine Shop. And um, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I believe Instagram is The Long Finish. And I believe Twitter is TLFpod because The Long Finish was taken. So it's at TLFpod. We'll put pictures of the wines that we're drinking tonight um, and the wines that we drink every week on the show. Go ahead and ask your local wine purveyor to get you some orange wine. Catherine, where can they find you on social media? Catherine Weil Coker. That's um, my Instagram and my Facebook. It's Catherine Weil Coker. You can find me at Tug Coker on both Instagram and Twitter. Um, we'll be sure to put all this information out there, uh, what, we're, what we're drinking. Uh, and be sure to check out Esther's, which is, which is what? Yes, Esther's Wine. And you can look at this re-energizing that Catherine has done the past few months. I just refocus into the wine and how cool, especially the wine list is there. So thanks to everybody for tuning in. Hopefully you all having a great week and we'll see you for next episode and we'll get another glass of wine going for you all. And until then, 
happy drinking. Ciao.